Welcome to the Big Unlock Podcast, your leading source of info for insights and best practices in digital health and digital transformation. Join host Patty Padmanabhan, CEO of Demo Consulting and co-author of Healthcare Digital Transformation, how technology, consumerism, and pandemic are accelerating the future in conversation with leading practitioners of healthcare and technology. Hello again, and welcome back to this episode of the Big Unlock podcast. My special guest today is someone who leads a very interesting organization that's trying to aggregate healthcare data from health systems across the country in a de-identified form and combining that with other data sources to generate insights that drive clinical research and outcomes, as well as the development of new therapies and molecules. Uh, without any further ado, let's jump into the conversation. And before that, a quick shout out to our partners and sponsors, Biwa. I am thrilled to be here with Terry Meyerson, CEO of Truveta. Terry, what a pleasure it is to have you on this podcast. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I'm honored. It's great to be here. Thank you so much for saying that. So why don't we, for the benefit of our listeners, Tell us a little bit about who Truveda is and uh, why Truveda came about, what market need you were trying to address. We're a company with a vision and we can save lives with data. And we think with data, we can help researchers find cures faster, empower every clinician to be an expert, and help families make the most informed decisions about their care. That's our vision. That's our mission. What do we offer? I mean, at the end of the day, we're basically, for any medical product, we're offering the most complete, timely, and highest quality data to understand the benefits and the risks of how that product should be, or procedure or device should be used in a healthcare environment. The company came about there's always a, there's always an origin story, but but this one I think is just so interesting. And you've been BJ Moore, who's been on the podcast. Him and I were colleagues at Microsoft years ago. He's now at Providence. I had left and joined a venture capital firm, and I had become fascinated with the intersection of data sciences and life sciences. And BJ and I stay in touch. He's at Providence. The pandemic starts, and he introduces me to this project where this effort inside the health system to try and understand what's going on with this pandemic. And the health system didn't have the tools at the early stages of this pandemic to ask and answer questions about, should we treat symptomatic patients with dextamethasone or remdesivir? We're hearing both work well, but which one should we use? Who should be intubated? For how long? And there was just no tools to ask or answer those questions. And then it built on that to then Providence, Northwell, and Trinity Healthcare, Three organizations I didn't know well at that time tried to collaborate to ask and answer questions like that, but they had no regulatory or technical framework or legal frameworks to work together, to share data, to ask and answer questions, work on it, to learn from each other and, and compare results. And there was no ability to do that. And then we had a life science company, a pharmaceutical company, which was selling these drugs in that was trying to learn. They had no ability to learn off of the same data. And so this idea that we could build this unprecedented data set that would connect life science and healthcare organizations, the one learning community that would really drive learning and, you know, and help us find those cures faster, figure out the safety and effectiveness of these various medical products or procedures. I think it's one of those, it felt like just this incredible opportunity for the healthcare systems to come together and build something new for the world. Yeah, I think it is a it is a very powerful vision. I truly believe that that potential exists. Now, 
since grown from the initial three to a, a fairly large community of health systems. And then we'll come to that in a minute. Uh, but maybe can you spend a minute just telling us about your background, how you got it? I know you spent a long time in Microsoft and, uh, yeah. uh, how, you know, so BJ was your friend. And is that as straightforward as that? So BJ calls you one day and said, look, we've got this interesting project. Terry, we need you to come and run it. And you said yes. Well, that's pretty short and simple. I mean, that'd be the... <laughs> Yeah, no, you know, there's always work. I mean, I, I spent almost 22 years at Microsoft. For the last decade, I was leading all things Windows, Surface, and Xbox. And I left 2018. I think BJ left Microsoft also in 2018. And it was the pandemic in 2020 that reconnected us. But when I got connected to this project of Providence, Trivetta was an idea that actually started in 2018 also. The idea that healthcare systems could put their data together to create this a data set which they could all could learn from. It was white papers and PowerPoints, and it's a great it is a great idea. But I think it took the pandemic to really galvanize that great idea, turning into a company. That's what. Without the pandemic, it was my my awareness of the issue or the lack of this. When you first get exposed to Trivetta as an idea, you go, how could this not exist already? How could it not exist that we don't have a data set representative of the full diversity of our country that we can study any drug, disease, or device? How could this just not exist? And I didn't know it didn't exist. And so when I got exposure to the fact that it didn't exist and there was a coalition of willing health systems that wanted it to exist, it just felt like the most meaningful thing I could spend the rest of my career working on. Fantastic. So uh, let's talk a little bit about the Trueda business itself. So can you tell us uh, how many, as we speak, how many health systems are, are members uh, of Trueda and what do they get out of it? I understand the idea of pulling the data to generate the insights. What do they get out of being a member and a part of the consortium? Well, Trueda started with four health systems in September of 2020. We announced 14 in February and now we have announced more than 20. There'll be more, more announced soon, but there's more than 20 of leading health systems across the United States, which were, you know, I think it's just amazing that these health systems come together. You know, and these are large leading health systems in the country. So it's, they're motivated by participating in this learning community for health so they can ask and answer questions on data representative of the United States and share those share those studies with each other and build on each other's work, you know, that's going to help them take better care of patients. They get access, their data is being normalized, structured, and de-identified. They get access to all of their data back, you know, for use in their healthcare operations. And we pay them. They make money. When their data is used by others in their research, they are compensated. Okay. So what kind of data are we talking about? Can you give us a sense of what kind of data you gather from the health system? And is there any other data that you also bring into the Trueda platform as part of your uh, insights and analysis? Well, today, the healthcare systems send us medical records, which are fully de-identified, validated by a third party. And it's those de-identified medical records are being made available for research. Today, we have a partnership with LexisNexis, which is giving us three other important data sets to bring into the corpus. Well, actually, big four is it. There's a token, which allows us to link medical records in de-identified space across health systems. So if you attend three health systems, that's all coming together into one longitudinal medical record. They're giving us fact of death. So only one third of people die inside a health system. So LexisNexis has an up-to-date daily death registry. And so we're actually seeing if people die on the date they die. And so being able to assess death as an outcome 
for research. I think it's very important when without this data, health systems don't know if you died. And the third thing is they're giving us the largest claims data set in the country. And so think about it as we get these deep medical records from all from our 20 plus health systems. And then in between, we get to link it with the medical bills or the claims records in between. And then last but not least, we get from LexisNexis the socioeconomic data. So they have a incredibly vast socioeconomic data set, social determinants of health. So all that's coming together inside Trevetta. You got the 20 plus health systems, fact of death, token, socioeconomic data, mortality data. I'm forgetting something, but it's yeah. all put together into a group of longitudinal records, fully data identified for research. It's yeah. a lot of data. It's a lot of data. Yeah, it sounds like it. And uh, can you maybe talk uh, about uh, one or two types of insights that you've given back to your members? You mentioned research studies, right? So health systems, if they're doing scientific or clinical research, that's one. I imagine you do population health type uh, analysis as well. I remember I saw your presentation at Vive earlier in the year. Uh, if I recall, you talked about uh, COVID data, COVID analysis. Can you talk uh, maybe one or two use cases or insights that you've been able to generate using this data set that your members have uh, benefited from? Yeah, at Vive, we talked about COVID. And in fact, you know, one of the collaborations we've announced since then that we're quite excited about is Pfizer using the Trivetta data set to assess their vaccines and therapeutics in the United States. I mean, it's just so this company that has led the innovation response to COVID globally, the fact that they would be using our data, I think it's just, you know, quite frankly, I'm honored and it's exciting because this was, you know, this company was, was conceived to respond to COVID. No company responded like Pfizer to COVID, one might argue, and they, they would be leveraging the Trivetta data. I think it's just terrific. Let's take a quick break. And I'd like to acknowledge our partners and sponsors, Be Well. And if you like this podcast, rate us on whatever favorite podcast platform you're listening on. And if you're interested in listening to the archives, visit us at thebigunlock.com. With that, back to the conversation. The other research has been published. You know, there's been some research published on colonoscopy screenings in response to Chadwick Boseman's death. You know, leading African-American dies of colon cancer. There was some research done on colon cancer screenings in the African-American community. There was some work done in response to the baby formula shortage actually going on in the country. You know, trying to understand, has there been infant hospitalizations or other infant health issues as a result of the baby formula shortage? And so this idea that we have this data set representative of our country and the ability that you can ask and answer questions quickly it's new. And so, you know, we're just, the interesting use cases are, are popping up everywhere, but, you know, at the end of the day, this is our customer's research. And so there's research project going on in Trivetta, but I'm not talking about what they're yeah. using. So what Providence is using the data for, or what Pfizer is using the data for, or what unnamed customers using data for, we're a platform for their investigations. And we do expect them to publish quite a bit here in the next year, but it's, it's their research, not our research to talk about. So that obviously begs the question that many of our listeners would be asking, how do you protect the privacy of the data? Big hot button issue in healthcare in general. So uh, what's the position Trueda has taken? You did mention it's de-identified, but are there other special precautions or anything that you take to uh, ensure the privacy? 
Well, security and privacy are just critical. I mean, they're foundational to the company. And for full details, we actually have white papers, a white paper on security and a white paper on privacy on our website, which I would encourage anyone who really wants to be a double click to go get those white papers. But, you know, we, you know, HIPAA, which is our healthcare privacy law in the United States, sets in place two standards for de-identification, one called Safe Harbor, where you lose geography and timestamp information and expert de-identification. Trevetta follows the expert de-identification models. We have expert determiners that assess all of our systems and the white papers have great information. So I would encourage anyone who wants to read more to, to go there. So you talked a little bit about the commercial monetary that the health systems, they get money back for every time that their they, they data is used. So Essentially, the monetization model is derived from the use of the data, not necessarily the data. And I kind of make sure that our listeners understand this as well. You're not selling the data, but you're selling insights generated from the analysis of the data. Am I stating it correctly? I'm not sure. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, could you clarify that for us? Yeah. Uh, so the health systems themselves have access to study the data for their own research. But the life science firms that are engaged with Trevetta right now, they're subscribing to study a disease or a set of diseases. And so a, a, we were saying, come and analyze the data to look for safety, effectiveness, or safety, effectiveness, or health equity issues in COVID or multiple sclerosis or heart disease. And you're subscribing to a disease. And when you subscribe to a disease, you can ask and answer as many questions as you want during the time of your subscription. But they don't actually get to take a copy of a de-identified data set and take it into their environment and, and use it for other purposes, marketing, campaigns, or any of that. So there's a lot of, I assume, there are permissible uses. I think there's two different questions I think you might ask there. The data is to be used for healthcare research, not for advertising. It's explicitly, mm-hmm. yeah, using the data for advertising is explicitly not a permissible use. But there are circumstances in which they will need to take data out. If you're making a regulatory filing, if you are... There's just, there are some scenarios where we do allow them to extract patient cohorts. Got it. No, thank you for, thank you for the clarification. Uh, let's talk about the tech stack a little bit. Trueda is built on Microsoft as a cloud platform. What are the other big components of the tech stack? You can talk to us about what has been challenging from a technology standpoint and bringing all these data sets together from across diverse uh, healthcare organizations who are potentially on diverse electronic health record systems, et cetera, et cetera. Well, we've talked about the, probably two of the biggest challenges, security and privacy. The third biggest challenge is what we talk about is normalization, which is taking these, it's not even the, the fact that it comes from diverse healthcare systems. Different clinicians record outcomes, side effects, recommendations in a different, in their vernacular that's probably influenced by where they were trained. And so you have these vast amounts of clinical notes that have so much insight on patient care. And that normalization of unstructured data into an ontology of you know, st- structured terms that can be used for analysis, that the AI, which drives that process, which actually is another white paper on our website, there's a data quality white paper there, which goes through that whole process of how we take all that unstructured data and turn it into a high quality data stream for analytics. That's been security, privacy, and normalization are, are the challenges. That's very helpful uh, to, to understand. Sorry, um, one more thing, just scale. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> volume, volume of data. I mean, it's one thing, you know, Providence is an incredible system that's, BJ's got a number of scale challenges, 
then you add Providence with Trinity, with Northwell, with Tenet, with Baptist, with, you know, you just kind of add, it, it's a, it's a lot, it's a lot of data. I mean, this is a, the Truveta data challenge is bigger, is far larger than any one health system anywhere in the world. So just to get a sense of the, the scale and the magnitude, how big a data set are we talking? What percentage of the U.S. population does it cover among these tw- 20? These are all very big names. So do you have a sense of what percentage of the U.S. population the data set covers? Do you get a sense of how representative it is of the population? Well, I think that when you include the LexisNexis claims data, which fills in the gaps, where, you know, you're looking at 100% of adult Americans. And then for... Non-adults, I don't know the I don't know the number. Okay, that's useful uh, as well to get a sense of uh, the scale and the magnitude. There's a lot of efforts similar to Truveta underway. It seems right now, not maybe in the same exact space, but you've got initiatives like uh, you know the Sequoia project, which is trying to it's trying to tackle the interoperability problem. Uh, you've got Graphite now, which is kind of a spin-off, Intermountain, came out of Intermountain, kind of like how Trueta came out of, of Providence. Are these complementary to each other? Do you see them as complementary? Do you see them as competing? Can you talk a little bit about that trend? Everyone's solving a similar but different problem. And so with Truveta, we're not solving the exchange of identifiable medical records. We're not solving being an API layer for applications inside the healthcare system, like some of the organizations you just described. But at the core, we're all looking at security, privacy, and normalization of healthcare data. And as this industry matures, the shape of the boundaries will evolve over time and partners will become competitors and competitors will become partners. And But there's just many different takes on this this problem. In terms of connecting healthcare and life sciences to create one shared truth, which we can use to really study health, I think Trivet has got a very unique point of view on that. And I love being part of it. Yeah, no, there's a long way to go. I mean, you're still, what, two years uh, in and you've got 20 health systems. We've got a long way to go. And uh, it's still unfinished business in many ways, but an exciting one. And the switch topics here, you know, Trueta, even though you're kind of a unique organization, really formed by collaboration between large health systems, you're also a startup and you've raised venture capital money, from what I understand. Love to hear your thoughts on not Trueta and its funding, but really in general, what is going on in the VC landscape, the digital health funding, which seems to be slowing down significantly this year. What does it mean for digital health startups? Uh, what does it mean for their customers you know, who may be making bets on uh, companies that may now be at some kind of financial risk? Can you talk a little bit about what you see as the current moment in digital health and digital health funding? Sure. Well, for starters, Trivet actually has not taken any venture capital, taking the approach that the health systems are the biggest stakeholders in Trivetta's success, and they should be the owners of Trivetta. So Trivetta, the investors in Trivetta have been the health systems which are contributing data to Trivetta. So we're quite, I think it's a very unique approach, but there's no venture capital in the company. You know, I did spend two years in venture capital. I know, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's interesting. The two years I was there, it was easy to invest. Everything was, the valuations were going up, 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 but somehow high prices made it easier to invest. You know, now we have all this uncertainty we got war, we got inflation, we're reading headlines about layoffs, and somehow the low prices are making it harder for people to invest. And there's tremendous irony in that, but I think that we're going to see, you know, I think we're going to look back in the next decade, I think the companies that 
make it through the next couple of years, they'll be some of the best investments in the world because I believe we just talked about the big data and health. And I think it's, they're going to, they're being, they're being, those companies are being founded right now. Yeah. What's your advice to, to a startup founder who wants to get into digital health today? Oh gosh. Well, have a great idea. Have a great idea. Have a great team. If you have a great team and you've got a great idea, I think you'll be able to attract capital. If you have a bad idea and a bad team, it'll be harder. Well, that's very well said. I'll tell you, Lou. <laughs> Thank you so much. Well, I tell you, I guess we're coming up to the end of our time here. This has been a fascinating conversation. Thank you for coming on and sharing some insights on what uh, what Trueda is doing. All the very best to you and your team, and we'll be following very closely. Thank you once again. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Once again, I'd like to thank our partners, Bewell, for their sponsorship and their support. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. We invite you to subscribe to our weekly newsletter, The Healthcare Digital Transformation Leader. Write to us at info at with your feedback and questions. 